Welcome in, friends, to Fantasy Pros. It is leading off. I am your host, Chris Welsh, on the final week of leading off and the final wonky Wednesday. It is Kelly Kirby in the house with a Kelly Kirby wonky bonus, which is fun, which made me do a whole lot of work, Kelly, before. <laughs> I might have done more work on that than anything else, uh, but I'm glad to be here, but uh, a little sad that this will be our final wonky Wednesday, Kelly. Yeah, so am I. I was getting ready for it, and I thought, oh, next week maybe we can do, you know, whatever. And I thought, no, there is no next week, so uh, I guess we got to do it today. <laughs> yep. Or like Dan said, hey, everyone, I sent a message to Fantasy Pros asking for the show year-round. There you go. That'll get more uh, me and Kelly on the show, hopefully. But um, like I said, we are going to... Uh, be giving you what the wonky bonus was, which took me a little bit. We got lots of news and notes. We've got fantasy stuff in here. But I will say, by the way, I love the bonuses when you have this type of homework because you always have these moments where you're just like, oh, yeah, like I didn't realize that. And I actually had that with a couple moments. We'll tell you what it is here in just a tiny bit. And that race is getting hot. It is getting very, very hot. And uh, mm -hmm. your boy also, I believe, I was the only one with a dual homer uh, hit yesterday. So uh, I cracked 40 at least. I'm not in the 50s with everybody else, but I did crack 40. Uh, but let's get into uh, the news and notes and what it was. So today we have the home run bonus. Yesterday it was the blow save bonus in Major League Baseball <laughs> as Craig Kimbrell walked home the winning run in the bottom of the 10th inning on Tuesday, a 4-3 loss to the Padres and you also had Josh Hader blow his save for the Padres in the top of the ninth, which I believe was his fourth blown as a Padre. What is with these closers, Kelly? Well, and especially on the playoff teams, you know, as a as a Cubs fan, I'm used to blown saves. Like, I'd love to play in a fantasy league where that's a positive category because I just draft the Cubs bullpen and call it good. But um, what are these teams going to do start in October? Like, how do you feel confident in either of those guys coming in at I all. Mean, they made these moves for exactly what you're saying. They made these moves mm -hmm. for the dependency. They This is what they did with them. And these guys just completely blown across. You know, it's interesting too, because um, this early, early, early mock draft that we're doing, I really didn't feel, and this is what's, um, I mean, I'd say there's a lot of things that are kind of broken with early mock drafts in general. But one of those is like, I don't even know what to do with closers. And I didn't really know how mm -hmm. to attack closers. We did have a couple people that, you know, just like you would see in, um, you know, March next year, guys taking closers kind of early. But at the same time, I think there were guys that were falling because people don't really understand and the dependency of who's going to be who. I just the early mocks closers are a really weird spot. I didn't quite know what to do with them, though. I did end up getting Ryan Helsley uh, later than he should go much later than he will probably actually go outside the top 100. I imagine that's not going to be the case, but this just kind of breeds to that and might might because it's always just one of two things as well is when you have a couple guys at the top then we hoard the problem is is a couple of the elite guys at the top have changed and been a problem and hater mm -hmm. in that do you think we can have a reverse course next season where we don't do the really early closer thing like we did that like was very very prominent this year yeah, I mean, I would love to see that because I did not understand the like the NFBC was just I mean, closers were going like third round, second round, and it made no sense to me. Um, and in one of my the league, I'm in my championship two week long series. Um, I have I kept we only get two keepers and I kept Liam Hendricks and 
I was like, okay, great. Now that's taken care of and I don't have to worry about it anymore. And I'm currently losing the championship matchup for in, in saves four to nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I don't think I'm going to do that again. So yeah, I, I hated it. I thought that was, I didn't understand how that was going. We're all, but see, yeah. also, I think this year was reactionary to the previous years of not of having inconsistent closer throughout the whole thing and only having a couple guys at the top. On top of us not really having, I mean, I don't even know if we had half of the closer roles coming into this year really settled, like really, really settled. Mm-hmm. There was so much uncertainty that led to it. But I think we'll have another round of this of like reactionary look what josh Hader's done with us people that drafted right where i saw glacius was going in the top like seven he gets traded loses that kenley's been inconsistent kimbrell's been inconsistent liam Hendricks, you know i mean all of these have been inconsistent that i think you are gonna have a turn on this and where if i was just throwing out like a guess let's say i would guess there was probably like 10 closers that went inside the top 100 i'm not sure that would be the case and if they did I'll bet you it's going to start two or three rounds later and the hoarding will come in that 70 to 100 range where then they'll all go, not like starting into the thirties or something like that. So we're always, we're always kind of reactionary to it, but God, has it been God awful and hater too. Haters probably mm-hmm. the most disappointing one. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Cause it was, that was the fight, right? Everybody was like Hendricks or hater, Hendricks or hater. And I mean, haters just been a mess yeah. both in Milwaukee and after he got traded, even when he's good, he's not, he's not remotely that dominant, that thing you drafted person you drafted in the fourth round. Well, in Milwaukee as well, like hater leaving, we immediately be like, Oh, Devin Williams, but they got Rogers there too. And I, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I can't personally recall if Rogers is a free agent or anything like that, but that's just going to be more muddied waters. And, uh, Closure situations, it's the worst time to see it, too, in your final weeks, in your final stretches. And, Kelly, can you, are you going to be able to pull out that matchup, even though we got save issues? Um, it's it's so close. It's close. We, I could win or lose every category. And I know he listens to the show, so I want to give the worst advice possible. But, <laughs> um, but he again, he's out of fab, so there's nothing he can really do at this point. It's just on me to not screw it up. Um, yeah, and that's I also wanted to about. give... Right. I also wanted to give a shout-out to Gems um, with Edwin Diaz. Yes, he has been phenomenal so like i could see him being the one that everybody's like one. i'll take Emmanuel him Classe. You know, early Classe has been um uh-huh. if i recall been really good that was actually my like that was my big guy that that's going to help me in whatever preseason rank con there's lots of things that won't help me like spencer torkelson but mm-hmm. that'll be one because <laughs> Classe i was very aggressive on that was like my pick hater and liam Hendricks were pretty much non-existent to me because i didn't like mm-hmm. to be the first but mm-hmm. I specifically wanted Class A in every spot that I could. So that's going to help me out. That's going to be a big one on the end of the year. Uh, some other news and notes. Glaber Torres went three for five, three RBI Tuesday as the Yankees beat the Blue Jays and clinched the American League East. It is donezo. No more worries for mm-hmm. them, Kelly. Yeah, we we were worried about it for about, what, five minutes? Most of August, and but they had such a lead, and with the other teams that are so good beating up on each other, it was kind of like once you had that lead, I didn't think they could blow it, but it was fun to watch them try. They yeah, they tried. They really, really did try. Josh Young, in our pursuit of the rookies that are going to give us some extra added boost, has continued to do so. Three for four, two homers, five RBIs, and Tuesday, 5 nothing win over the Mariners. Josh Young, definitely been a nice little bright spot. And um, we actually had another rookie that's getting called up. It's amazing these guys keep happening. Josh Young is going to definitely be somebody uh, on a lot of radars next year. 
early-ish in drafts. Not crazy, but early-ish. A couple other um, notes here. Bailey Ober dominated uh, on Tuesday night, beating the White Sox. He had 10 strikeouts in seven and one-third innings. Shut out baseball. Bailey Ober uh, performing the way that everybody was drafting him as a sleeper in the uh, mm-hmm. offseason. Marcus Stroman, uh, really good performance. Had six strikeouts over seven innings as well. Both over and Stroman. This is the type of pitching performances we need from guys just like this at this point mm-hmm. because they all became streamers too. That's the interesting thing. I think Stroman and Ober were kind of mainstays to rotations and all uh, mm-hmm. at most streamers, hopefully helping, maybe not helping a lot of people this week. Yeah, you got you have to be so careful because I remember I, I looked at Kyle Br- Bradish and he just got destroyed yesterday. So it was like, mm. you have to just watch what you're doing. But yeah, Ober has been, um, when he's healthy, when he's out there, he's so solid on uh, whips and your ratios. And occasionally he does this with strikeouts. So I, I like him again going into next year, but it's just tr- tough to trust him. Hunter Green struck out 10, allowed just one earned run uh, and a no decision against the Pirates. That is another one of those guys being highly drafted, though Lodolo is clearly passing him um it happened in our early mock draft i took lodolo hunter green had sat there for a little bit i didn't really think about it uh tristan casas uh, on those rookies two run homer three runs scored on tuesday night the red sox beat the orioles 13 to 9 and two pieces i mentioned the one prospect was logan ohop is going to be called up by the angels uh today which i'm pretty excited about and the rays are activating tyler glass now so first on ohop i watched him in the afl last year when he was with philly and he is impressive. He's also one of the, the just the coolest guys. I think I've told this story on here. And if I have, if, if you've heard it, apologies, you know, I'm on a lot of podcasts going to say things. But uh, there's this moment with Logan last year. Where I really loved it was in the AFL. I'm sitting up front. These two guys, just bup, 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 bup. they're just yapping about guys. And the one's like the Bryson Stott is up to bat. And he's like, you know, this Bryson Stott top 100 and Logan's standing right there. And these just two gentlemen are just talking about Bryson Stott and Logan in the batter's box turns over and goes, it's too low. And they're like, what? And he's like, he's ranked too low on baseball America. And he just starts talking to fans about Bryson Stott, who's up at the plate, super fan friendly, super positive energy guy, huge power, makes great contact, killed it with the Angels so far. He's a catcher of the future. He's a catcher I want to bank on next year. So I love that he's getting a little run here. I don't know what it would mean. I mean, seven games for a rookie catcher doesn't like do a lot for me. But if you have catcher woes, you might be able to run Mm -hmm. into a little bit of power for Ohop right now. Yeah, if you need to any sort of streamer on that position, I would give him a shot before most of what else is out there on the waivers. Yeah. Oh, Jim, this is a good question. Uh, Shea Langoliers or Logan O'Hop? Ooh, that is – they are razor thin. Uh, Long term, I think I want the bat of O'Hop, uh, if I have to say mm-hmm. it personally. But Langoliers might have more uh, more run next season as like a full-time player. So that's like really, really close. And then on Tyler Glass now, Tyler Glass now have been really good in multiple performances. He's coming up. I'm actually really surprised he's going to get this start, but he's going to be on a pitch count. He never hit Mm -hmm. over 50 pitches in any of his rehab starts. So my assumption would be something similar between 50 and 60 pitches, probably going to be his cap, which is probably going to take him out of a win territory. So my question is, Kelly, would you trust, do you trust Tyler Glass now in a situation where it is all but likely you are not going to be able to register any type of a win coming off of this injury. I I don't want him today. I, I, I wouldn't trust him for just today because of that. The pitch count and also he's just 
kind of he's going to have to ease back in in some fashion. Um, it, that was a major surgery. So even warming up, you know, again, pitching the minor leagues is like they struck out 14 batters. Like, yeah, of course they did. Um, but now welcome back and the whole different it's a whole different setup. So yeah. I would leave him on the bench for today. I'm also I, I agree with you, because if anything, what you're doing is you're chasing some strikeouts and ratios. But in that small mm-hmm. stint, the odds this would be like a poker thing like 65 percent chance here that you're gonna screw yourself uh as far as the little things that you're chasing and you are really uh you're, you're chasing and uh you're chasing a uh what is the I completely i'm like a poker player. i completely forgot you're chasing like a one card flush an inside flush or an inside strength mm-hmm. is what you're looking for here it's just not worth it's not worth paying i guess for uh this start with Tyler Glass now coming off of this injury. Next year is going to be great. I kept him in a keeper league, mm-hmm. a big term. Uh, Scott White's actually keep, uh, points keeper league 24 team, and he cost me a little bit, but I kept him because he's such a great talent, but it's nothing that we're wanting to play for right now. And I would add that I guess if, if your ratios are kind of like already set, like you can't really lose or win them at this point, and you're just kind of chasing strikeouts, then fine. Um, but no, I can't unless he has some sort of weird like four pitch ending. I don't see how he'll get through five. Yeah. Doctor so. Glenn, he is in my lineup. You've got to believe you can. Be- you can believe it, mm-hmm. but you're probably playing for four innings. You know, best case scenario is probably four innings, five strikeouts, and hopefully no earned runs. That's the best case scenario. So uh, I'm right. not really sure. So uh, watch him go eight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> go 95 pitches, everything like that. So um, on the injury front, Corey Seager does not have any fractures in his left forearm per Rangers interim manager, Tony Beasley. He was hit by Matt Boyd on a fastball in the eighth inning on Tuesday's game. So, you know, avoiding that type of injury for a guy that's had some stuff follow him. This is this is great, great news. Uh, fantasy owners alike and just real baseball. It is. Yeah. And I mean, he's probably going to miss today, but they're expecting him to play the weekend. So that that's good. The, the, I'm sorry, the chat's killing me. So um, Dr. Glenn, you guys obviously go and score my performance. <laughs> me forgetting what the inside uh, straight was. They're like, what was the scoring on that play? And then we're talking wild pitch. And apparently Mr. Buster, not a fan, says that was a grand slam of an error that I had on my poker reference. So I apologize to everybody. On the other injury front, x-rays came back clean on Jordan Alvarez's left ankle. He rolled it in the single in the bottom of the first inning. And fun fact, my uh, my cohort, Scott Bogman, was at this game. And this is the – he's gone to two Astros games since he's been there. And the most prominent player – in that game has been hurt both times. He got there. Julio Rodriguez got hurt. This one, boom, Jordan Alvarez getting hurt. No bueno. Bogman no longer allowed at any game Mm -hmm. with important players. He can go, I mean, I suppose with the Astros, we could all just whatever. But of all the players, the Astros are going to get hurt. We don't want it to be Jordan Alvarez and Bogman was bad luck. Also, um, Ronnie Urias is being evaluated for some right knee discomfort, and Adrian Hauser was placed on the 15-day IL per Brewers manager, Craig Council. This is a fun fact you put on here from Ben Verlander, who's had lots of fun facts this year. He's full of everything. Mm -hmm. Aaron Judge was intentionally walked tonight, and this was two days ago, for the 18th time. So that number might be a tiny bit up. In 2004, and I find this very, very funny because everyone's been making a big deal about like, oh, Judge getting intentionally walked. In 2004, Barry Bonds was intentionally walked 100 and 20 times, which is still a mind-boggling bo- mind number when you think about mm-hmm. it, Kelly. What do you think the home run 
total would have been if they hadn't, or, you know, like if he, mm-hmm. I, I guess, I don't know how many times he got walked. Was that the year he broke it or was it the year before? I don't know. You know, I don't remember. See, I'm blanking too, but at least that's know. on baseball, not poker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, at least I'm screwing but, up on our topic. Let me make so, this yeah. reference that I don't have installed in my head. Let me make a really weird reference that also I can't get to. Um, you know, that's a great question because also I tend to think, and maybe this is like a wildly thought after thing, that like sure Bonds was always like intentionally walked because of what a great hitter he is. But I also felt that like there was a comfortability for baseball players doing it to this level because they knew he was a cheater. Like they don't care. Like I I have to imagine, and and obviously baseball just changes over time, but I think there's a form of guilt, like in, in you doing that all the time, like baseball players Mm want to go at each other and it's like, you're going to see intentional walks, but 120 times is astronomical that I really think a lot of that was also shroud in, you know, just his, cheating his alleged uh, steroid and cheating and whatever thing that was going mm-hmm. on that that played a role in it but i don't know i mean you could play the you could play the what if game a gajillion times over 100 more homers maybe if he had gotten all those intentional intentional walks down to judge level i don't know right maybe it's yeah i mean i i can see that part but like everybody's saying i mean i he was walked with the bases loaded like multiple times and i'm, I'm if there's a steroid component to that i still don't think that they I mean, you're just giving, you're literally saying we respect you so much that we're going to just let you have this RBI. On that, yeah, like, on that specific, you know what I mean? So, this is loaded situation for sure. Right. I get what you're saying. Yeah, there's definitely uh, something into that one. But I think the overall intentional walks also just kind of become about, um, you know, just become about obviously the impact he's going to have on the game, but that there's something of this like, well, what do we care? <laughs> you know, I mean, this guy, this guy's yeah. cheating. We're not going to let him put numbers up on us. There's not that like game. I mean, baseball is so, you know, like hidden rules and all this stuff oh, yeah. behind it that, you know, intent where teams don't want you to stack on runs. I think there's also kind of an intentional walk, never letting someone have a chance rule that sits out there in baseball between players, except if you're a big fat cheater but that's me okay that's me yeah that's just my guess here uh some stat heroes my boy jose altuve three for four two homers two rbi four runs yesterday anthony santander another two home run game i feel like that's his second in the last like five days or so josh young was three for four with two homers five rbis we mentioned ron urias perfect three for three with a homer and rbi tristan casas had that homer ronald acuna Two homers, two RBI, two runs, two for five. And fun fact, he was the player I was going to pick in today's Wonky Wednesday bonus. But I found out of something I learned, he doesn't qualify. He did not qualify. We'll tell you what that is here. Jock Peterson, two for four with a homer. David Hensley had a home run. J.D. Davis with a homer and J.J. Blade. Speaking of Ronald Acuna, what has Ronald Acuna's value changed for you as you go into next year? Has it decimated a whole bunch? Is it back into the first round, top end, outside of it? he's one of the players I'm trying to get me to the championship. So uh, if he wins me the championship, I'll draft him number one overall next year. Um, But I, uh, in a 12 team. Yeah. I think he'll be kind of right on that turn. Um, Just, you know, because of the injury history and he's kind of the power's down a little bit this year. And yet then he just flashes the Acuna brilliance. So I, I don't know. Do you see him kind of floating around trout, the trout world? Like somebody wants to take a, I, I think he's going to go back right. at the top. I think he's going to go back at the top okay. uh, because Tatis is off that list. Soto, I'm, I mean, we, we're talking about what Acuna's done. I don't know if anyone's hurt themselves more from an impactful top end than Soto. 
Vlad doesn't really live in that world anymore. I think there's more questions than than there ever was. And at the end of the day, people want to chase those stolen stolen base numbers. Just look gross again. The even the top end doesn't look elite. So getting getting a guy with thirty stolen bases feels like getting a fifty stolen base guy three or four years ago. That's the type of impact. So Trey Turner's going to go up there. Acuna's going to walk away with very likely right at the 30 home run marker or 30 stolen base marker with 15 homers in 120 games he's going to do it this year so there's going to be 40 more games people could project worst case you could be looking at 2040 and mm-hmm. i think with the name power i think he's going to be top five uh, actually i don't know okay. where he went in our early mo- i could look real quick uh, i don't remember where he went in there but i assume he's going to be top five what would have been interesting would have been had um our boy Tatis Jr. not suffered from any ringworm that maybe we could have seen like where he would have gone versus a guy like Ronald Acuna. So, okay, this might surprise you. Acuna, number two overall in our early mock draft. Uh, yeah, okay. went, but Julio dropped a little too far in that one, uh, but went actually went before Trey Turner, which is shocking, before Judge, before Jose Ramirez. So, yeah, I think top five. I think top five is going to be the place he sits. Cool. Yeah, I mean, once you started listing like the other guys that I know were in the t- the first round this year, and yeah, who was left? Like uh, Doc said, Bichette as well. Like these are players that just you have to kind of downgrade them. So who are you putting in there in replace of them? Yeah, I, the I think the only guys that sit in like a comfortable top end, it's like Otani, Turner, maybe Jose Ramirez, and Julio. Like I, there's other great players, but I don't know if you, you can put Juan Soto in there anymore. And, you know, Tatis is going to be, God, we're going to talk so much about Tatis in the off season based on his suspended times and when he comes back. Because if you think about it, 40 games is what Acuna missed. And if I told you, mm-hmm. you were going to get 1530 out of Tatis in 120 games or, you know, 2025, like Acuna did, would you still let him fall out of the first round, even though you're going to miss that time? That's that's a question we got to face. I mean, we have a prime example mm-hmm. of it in Acuna, but it's like you're going to have to eat 40 games, but mm-hmm. you very likely could get similar Acuna production. And at the end of the day, it's uh, that's still pretty big. I don't know what that is like on a Yahoo meter, but 1530, it's going to play mm-hmm. pretty much anywhere, as you know. Quick question on Soto. Uh, next year is his walk year, right? Or does he have another year after that? Um, I believe he has one more year okay. this coming year, and then it's his walk year, if I remember correctly. Okay. Chat will probably correct us if we're wrong, but I believe yes, he's got, this coming year is his walk year um, after, after this season. Okay. So, I mean, for me, oh, he's got two more. Okay. Yeah, so next year's kind of a question. If it had been his walk year, then I'd be like, I think we got to bump him back up just a smidge. Um because I feel like he's, I feel like he's not going to sign there long term, and he's going to have a judge year the year after. You don't so. think so? You don't think he's going to? Um, I mean, the Tati stuff kind of hurt it because you know him and mm-hmm. Tati and Soto are supposed to be best friends and blah blah blah, whatever that is. And they're already signed up with Machado and um, with Tatis. Where do you think he'll go? Not that we need to do that conversation now, but do you think it's like a Yankee situation? Oh, I just yeah, I, I think that if. You know, if they were to win one or something, then that might change it. And, you know, depending on how Tatis does next year, maybe. But um, with Boris as his agent and the way things haven't gone since he got since he went there, I just feel like he's going to make him test the market where he'll end up. I do not know. So, yeah. I, well, I mean, I'd love to see him in Seattle with uh, 
Julio, but that, that's me. I think so. this offseason will be the really big important one for if he resigns with the Padres because I think you mm-hmm. got to get it done. You can't let – I mean, I think you can make it go one more. You can't go into the walk year exactly what the Nationals did by moving him. You can't let him go into the walk year. But this offseason, I think, is maybe the most important for his fine as far as like how much he resigns and whatnot. And I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me personally, during spring training, going to be fascinating. I will be on the backfields of the Padres, and I'll let you know what the chaos is of Tatis <laughs> Machado and him all together in those backfields, which, by the way, are very accessible backfields. Guys are walking around. It's one of the most successful back, uh, accessible backfields that you can find, so it will be very, very fascinating. And as if everyone remembers, it's on my Instagram, my my uh, me and Machado picture from last offseason, which was fun. Uh, he was in a very good mood that day. So hopefully we can get Soto as well. On the pitching side for the Stat Heroes yesterday, Bailey Ober, seven and one thirds, as we mentioned, 10 strikeouts. Zach Greinke, seven innings, two strikeouts, four hits with one walk, no earned runs, blast from the past. Marcus Stroman went seven, struck out six. Hunter Green struck out those 10. Miles Michaelis struck out nine over six. God, Michaelis is a dude I struggle with next year. We don't need to get into it, but as far mm-hmm. as valuing him, I just don't know where to go with it. Stat zero, Giancarlo Stanton, good old 0 for 5 with 4Ks, 0 for 5 with 3Ks, Manny Machado and Josh Donaldson. Our 0 for 3 with 3K list is Keston Hero, Rodolfo Castro, and Eugenio Suarez. And some 0 for 4 with 3Ks, Alex Call, Zach Collins, Eduardo Escobar, and Mike Trout. On the pitching blowups, Cal Bradish, as you mentioned, blew up seven earned runs in two and one thirds of an inning. Michael Waka, he went three, uh, three and one third, gave up six. Carlos Carrasco gave up four, couldn't get to the fourth inning. Lance Lynn did get to the fifth, but gave up ten hits, four earned runs. And Jose Barrios, just out five and one third, five earned runs, seven strikeouts. What a what a disaster of us having to care about. I mean, at least we don't have to care about Jose Barrios next year. We don't have to do this bit and this dance. Like, ooh, mm-hmm. what, if, what if, what if? It's like, nope, we know what it is, and it sucks. Mm-hmm. It does, yeah. We don't have to question it. I think people who lived in Minnesota, uh, we were all like, eh. Um, he had, uh, going to Toronto in the East, we were just like, I don't know. If he doesn't get to play the, you know, the Guardians and the Tigers and the Royals, I wouldn't want to play him. So, yeah. I think we. I think he's showing us exactly who he's who he is at this point. Mm-hmm. Done, done, done. Over on the home run contest, where one of our friendos is going to win that Tatis Jr. signed jersey. Yes, I had the double shot yesterday. I don't drink coffee, but I had a double shot with Altuve. Uh, Helpless in Miami and High Cubbies are not going away though, because Cat Fox is in the lead at fifty six. Did not have a call because they had uh, Cat Fox had Jordan Alvarez, but Helpless. And Al Scale, both at 55. High Cubby jumped up to 54. So we have four people within a two-home run lead here going into this final seven days, week, whatever it is, of baseball. So it should be tight. And Kelly, you potentially might make this race even crazier. So what is the Wednesday wonky bonus? Um, so I was actually going to go. I'm, I'm officiating a wedding on Saturday. And I, at first, I was going to say uh, only players who are married. And then I thought that was a little esoteric, even for you and me, Welsh. So um, <laughs> I decided I decided we're going to go a different direction. Uh, so I'm today, to, I'm going to just tell you, we did talk about this. Then. I'm really glad you did that because I don't want to do that whole thing. And that's a whole can <laughs> of worms. Uh, wow. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So, uh, so for today, if you call a player who has fewer than 100 career home runs, so mm-hmm. 99 or lower coming into today's game, um, and then you receive two times the number of home runs that he hits today. So, I mean, he can cross 100 today, but now, coming married, into the games, get an extra home run. Can we get an extra home run if they're also married? 
<laughs> no, I, I I don't know about that. Yeah, we should totally have gone with the, the faithful too, but no. So I took that off the board. Figured we'd just stick to numbers as opposed next year. to uh, we'll do it social next year. life. Yeah, it's okay. If I have to do, do that next year. If I get to do like 25 of these, we might get there. So Okay, I like it. <laughs> we'll see. Uh and that's why I found out I was actually gonna go with Ronald Acuna, but he has 120 career homers. I didn't even realize that. So a pretty impressive number. So we'll get that uh here in just a tiny bit. But of course, friends. We want you to go to a gambling site that treats you with royalty. And there's only one that would allow you to have the royalty that leading off gives you with the crowns and the tiaras at BetMGM. Yes, the red tiara is out sparkling and beautiful. And go over to BetMGM right now if you guys have been considering making any bets, whether they're props or full plays, and they want to hook you up betting uh, you go leading off, I was supposed to say betting pros, leading off promo code. Do it today. You can get that $1,000 risk-free bet. Do it today, kings and queens, and get locked up. Get your uh, get your royalty on, and uh, look out for Friday. Might have a tiara and a crown together. That was for you, Kelly. Um, over on the bets, I'm going to just burn through a couple. You guys know the drill. Some interesting ones I found. Luke Sessa was the number one bet over on the betting pros prop cheat sheet. Maybe stuff you can look over on BetMGM because a couple of the plays are on here. Uh, two and a half strikeouts projected at four and a half minus 180 on DK. Josh Winder was your plus money strikeout play. Only three and a half strikeouts is the number projected at four. That is plus 120 on BetMGM. That's up against the White Sox. Probably my favorite, and this didn't work out a couple weeks ago or last week, but Paul Goldschmidt on BetMGM, one total base, projected at two, minus 145. Not even bad juice on BetMGM, one total base. And Chris Morrell, your plus money play, one total base, uh, projected at one and a half, and this is over on DK, plus 130. So any thoughts on any of these? You got Sessa, Winder, Goldschmidt, Morrell. Um, well, I think... I think the uh, Cincinnati-Pittsburgh game started, so you probably can't get in on that. But um, what I can tell you is we had a frost warning last night here in Minnesota. Um, so I think, and they're going to play, start that game at like 6.40 p.m. So I feel like the strikeouts, there's a high potential for him to get that one for uh, winter just because um, it's going to be cold and people hate hitting when it's cold out. And of course, I don't know. I feel like I would, I feel like I'd be willing to do one total base on Paul Goldschmidt pretty much. I'll every always day. do it. I think I'll always do it. Um, I, I can't, I can't help myself. Just had two hits against Milwaukee. He's had a really interesting run versus Milwaukee this year where any three game series, I'll have one game where he doesn't have a hit. It is against Woodruff. So keep that in mind. But um, he's got like a 241 career average against Woodruff. So you've got a one in four chance is essentially what you're saying. If you get four at bats, you might work it. What do you think by the way of the tier behind the high hair does that work too right there I, I think that works i was gonna i didn't have time but i was gonna get a joker hat to go along Ooh, with you guys like if we were gonna do a whole royal court thing. yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the leading off royal court that's amazing it's an amazing idea we need some artwork on that i don't love that i am but you know what say i don't love that i'm the queen but you know at the same time though watching game of thrones right now you know, mm -hmm. the queen on the uh, on the Iron Throne. So we're just saying right now I am on the Iron Throne. So piece of Pia Baratheon is sitting out on the wings <laughs> doing all that football stuff here. So um, mm -hmm. Targaryen in the house, uh, Welsh Targaryen. Uh, all right, let's just jump right into our home run calls of the day. I feel good. I feel actually I can tell you, I didn't rock everybody like, you know, you guys into the 50s and stuff like that. And I was here the whole year. Joe had his cheat code, but 40 was a number I wanted to get to. It's really... 
an adjustment period mm -hmm. learning this contest this year since I wasn't around for it last year. So I am very happy to have reached the 40 marker, even though number one is into the 50s. So hopefully I can uh, do better even into the next year. But I'm hoping to tag on more. And I told you, I was looking at Ronald Acuna. I wanted to attack that matchup today. Decided to go with Austin Riley, who has 96 career home runs. Hasn't exactly been the uh, big pull on homers lately, but 96 career homers qualifies me for the wonky bonus. So Austin Riley is going to be my call. Who do you got, Kelly? Um, I have. So I actually was going to set that number based on how many uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. had. I was like, we'll see where he's at. And he's at 102. So I thought 100 was great. I'm going with Glaber Torres. He's been on a just a freaking tear lately. Um, and he sits at 98 home runs so he could also cross it that'd be great for me and i'm also at 40 with you so are you are we both at 40 look at us yes we are yeah us. all right we're both at 40 i'm uh feel pretty good about that aaron judge of course is joe's call i have no idea how uh, mayors but mayor probably put it into the um or maybe you've given up since there's no way to get up there but if <laughs> if so probably put it into the home run room uh mm -hmm. on twitter at the wonky penguin kelly i want to say i have thoroughly enjoyed doing shows with you this year and I've loved having you move into the mayor role of doing some of the sheets. I think you and I uh, work very well in that way. I have no idea what the future holds uh, for me with Fantasy Pros and leading off or if somehow there was more. But I hope that it does and they do. And I hope I get to do more shows with you in the future. And I would say that you this is the first time I've ever done a podcast period, not like with you, period. And you have been a fantastic host and really kind of gotten me very comfortable. And I feel like our rapport has gotten better every week, at least according to my mother, who messages me immediately <laughs> following the show to tell me that you guys just have really good rapport. So anyway, we do. So thank well, you very much for hello, being so Hello, Miss Wonky. Hello, Mother Wonky. <laughs> uh, we, I appreciate that. And uh, I completely agree with you. Follow uh, Kelly on Twitter at the Wonky Penguin. Make sure you're in the Discord. You'll see Kelly in there helping do all the stuff. So make sure. And also, you know, you've been doing the fantasy hockey, I believe, over on um, fan tracks. What else is going on? Um, I do fancy NASCAR over there, but again, I'm mostly doing editing and just tons. And I do so many pictures. It's kind of crazy. So, yeah, I love that's it. what I'm hours and hours. Yeah. Well, uh, Kelly's a rock star. Like I said, uh, a lot of the great stuff on these sheets are thanks to her for putting those together. And I know you guys have enjoyed it. We've enjoyed the wonky bonus. And technically, can I ask you, are you going to do one last wonky bonus on the Discord on Wednesday, which I believe is the final day of the baseball season? Are you going to have one more? Or does it end with the show here? Um, I was thinking I might do one more, um, maybe make just like a short video that offers it up. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really kind of going, I don't want, I never want a wonky Wednesday bonus to swing it significantly. Um, so I'll see where everything lies um, yeah. on the final day. But okay. yeah, I mean, I was kind of planning to, because why not? And also shout out to the Peanuts and Cracker Jacks. You guys are my favorite people. So it's fantastic. You are beloved. You are beloved in the crew for the Peanuts and the Cracker Jacks. All right, friends, you guys know the drill. Go get those lineups set, get your players in, win some championships, and report back. Please let us know of all the success. Tomorrow, Bubba's back in the house for Bubba's last episode, and we will be right here on leading off. Uh, not, not a great performance with my bad analogy earlier, but you know I think I got through it. I don't have a line here mm -hmm. from Dr. Glenn, but I think this is a five-inninger. We gave up some earned runs, but I think we pulled the win out at the end. Uh, Kelly with the save. Friendos, have a fantastic day, and we will talk to you again next time soon. Right here on Leading Off. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.